expected it to be. Yeah. Well, here's the problem. We're not even leaving the electoral sphere, really, because this directly ties into the election. It seems like days after the election, Trump immediately froze the wages of H-2A visa workers. So that's immigrant workers predominantly in the agricultural sector. And Trump has just unilaterally declared that their wages are not going to be increased in any fashion until 2023. Wow. So basically making it so that during the Biden administration, assuming that he doesn't do anything to reverse this, which why would he, he might not he loves agribusiness uh that we're gonna see stag stagnated uh immigrant workers i mean like joe biden isn't known for being uh good with immigrants uh, immigrant not justice or in on really like workers rights or like economic issues broadly um <laughs> you know just like it, really hard to inspire faith in joe biden especially when it comes to something where it's like you know, he could easily overturn this in his first hundred days in office. But as you know, as we go over the details of this, you'll see like the agricultural businesses in the United States make an insane amount of money by not paying workers uh, what they deserve. And then they want to be able to make any even more money by stabilizing the marketplace. So there isn't wage volatility or the fuck that is. Yeah. And basically just means that they know what their costs are up front and they can play the game of, re- you know, return on investment even more crazy by hugging the turns even more tighter and eliminating waste, which is really just uh-huh. like living conditions for immigrant workers. It's, it's just fucked right. up, you know, so all the way up and down. I want to point out to the listeners before, we go into some of this stuff that they are going to consistently refer to farmers when they actually mean property owners and business managers right. and they don't actually have any intention of including actual farmers like the people out there working and farming right yeah it's like their definition of a farmer is somebody who owns a farm not somebody who does who farming farms, <laughs> you know like is a farmer but you know that's all. That's just capitalist alienation 101, I suppose. So what with this uh, decision and, and I'll, I want to get to like why I think that this is a retaliation decision afterwards. But but keep that in mind as well. We've got mm-hmm. a couple different statements from uh, representatives of farm. I wouldn't say labor, but farm organizations um, uh-huh. around the uh, United States. Uh, including uh, American Farm Bureau President Zippy Duval saying farmers <laughs> are committed to paying their employees a fair wage, but the existing system sets unpredictable rates that make it hard for farmers to to remain competitive. Oh my God! What a load of what a fucking that, crock of shit! We're gonna we're gonna find out how this. <laughs> it's 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 a little deep with the way that this is retaliation because that this all these quotes are going to tie back to that the department of labor's decision to maintain current pay rates for the next two years for the majority of h2a employees provides stability during the uncertainty created by the pandemic and trade imbalances while this decision does not solve all wage issues it is a step in the right direction we look forward to continuing our work on meaningful agricultural labor reform through the regulatory and legislative processes so what is this saying this is saying we love the fact that we are freezing workers wages we are stopping them from being able to get better pay for two years 
imagine you got zero raise, got got no raises for two years. And especially if you are a precarious H2A worker, which is another huge part of this, because they're mm-hmm. literally targeting immigrants specifically because America doesn't give a fuck about immigrants. No. I mean, it's all about money. The American Farm Bureau Federation says that this provides stability during the uncertainty created by the pandemic and trade imbalances. The fucking Secretary of Agriculture signed off on it. Sonny Perdue, former Republican governor of Georgia, he said, this rule once again shows President Trump's commitment to America's farmers by delivering lower costs when they need it the most. He added that over the past several years, farm wages have increased at a higher pace than other industries, which is why this DOL rule could not come at a better time. When, yeah, maybe they've increased faster than other industries because you weren't paying them dick in the yeah, first place. Exactly. That's it. I was talking to another friend earlier. I was bringing this up and she was pointing out, it's like, so you're saying that their wages have increased to kind of make up for the fact that they were originally, their wages stem from slave labor. Exactly. And that farm workers wages are consistently lower than wage than the wages should be because we have this uh sort of need to keep wages for precarious workers low instead of doing our best to reverse unfair practices yeah yeah definitely i mean like a lot of these h2a work visas don't even allow the workers to switch employers isn't that right like actually it's specific that they're that they're not in fact the way that h2a workers tend to get around this in a certain sense is to go through like a a hiring firm to to help like like a a temp agency like a temp agency and uh Basically, through that, their wages are lowered even more through these companies that skim off the top in order to help make sure that they stay stay employed in case, you know, uh, a farm worker was just to be let go for no reason or. God damn, that's the scummiest thing. Imagine you were like, I have a business idea. And your business partner was like, oh, what is it? And you're like, okay, you know how farm workers, agricultural workers, most of them, a lot of them are immigrants and they're already like woefully underpaid. Like a lot of them don't even make close to minimum wage. Yeah, we should start a temp agency that skims off the top of those like poverty wages. Oh yeah, great idea. I'm going to, I'm going to go tell my family about that over dinner and we'll toast to your, your business acumen. Like that's just psychotic. We're going to do, we're going to do imperialism inside of our country. Yeah, I mean, that's literally what it is, you know, and like a lot of these people have to immigrate to the United States because the United States destabilized their country or the region their country is in or the economy of their, you know, just like it's all our fault. And so and so wages are low where where they're where they're from. And so when they do when they do lose this couple thousand dollars a year on these temp agencies, Mm -hmm. it's still technically more money than they would have gotten. But they had to leave where they lived in order to get it. And then they are still getting ripped off at every turn. Yeah, it's really fucked up. It's really, it's well and truly fucked up. And it's, it's really just like a, it's the modern form of indentured servitude, right? Absolutely. Uh, You just develop an economic uh, monopoly over a person and then they have to do what you say so that you continue giving them enough money to like, you know, feed their family or, you know, why ever they've decided to take these jobs. Right. 
So one thing that kind of confused me is this justification that farmers like and and again we mean property owners and and farm managers right uh are they need stability in these trying times but yet <laughs> they have this quote in here that specifically says that there uh is a profit increase forecast uh between 2019 and 2020 of what is this number? This is like almost $83 billion of an increase. Yeah, $19 billion to $102 billion. Yeah. And that somehow that ridiculous. means we need to freeze wages. <laughs> I, I it, yeah. it, it, it is very confusing to me that this is a justification because these are all facts that are put side by side uh, in these articles. And... I am just struggling to understand why we need to do these wealth transfers. In fact, um, when I was talking to my friend earlier, uh, she had looked up a different source that said that the annual wealth transfer t- from workers to owners is close to 170 million at least, uh, 1.6 billion over 10 years. And so the they're increasing in profits, which was the hundred and two, um, you know, billion figure. But yet, still, these wage um, reduction, this wage reduction, is estimated with like just to literally take money from workers in upwards of one and one point six eight billion dollars over ten years. And I'm guessing that's a pretty conservative estimate. Yeah, I mean that's crazy because like if they're already going you know, through a $83 billion increase in uh, profits over the course of only a year, why do they need to skim $1.68 billion off the tops of their workers? You know, it's like, when when is it ever enough? When is there ever going to be a moment where it's like, maybe these people who who create all of this wealth that we take deserve to actually have like some measure of of what their labor puts in like returned back to them besides like what I want to see holding them in a precarity, a precarious working position. I want to see those numbers inverted at some point in in a way that we see $102 billion of a, of an increase in profit. And I want that to all to just exclusively go to, to workers to not, not a single fucking cent hitting these thing, this, no, actually, I'm going to say we, we wanted to go to farmers. And by farmers, I mean the actual farmers, the people out there doing the farming, not the right. farmers that these people want to talk about, which is business owners and managers. 